Season two is here. Let's go. I'm sorry if I just blow your eardrums, but I am so excited to be finally back behind this microphone recording episode number 132 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Welcome to the first episode of season two. I could not be any more excited to actually be sitting here and recording this podcast and simply just this episode in general. Oh my goodness, the past six weeks, yes, have been relaxing. Yes, I've been able to focus on the shop, Murph's Car Town Sports Shop. Yes, I really wanted to just, you know, kind of relapse and just do an episode out of the blue. But I was like, you know what? I have to stay true. I have to enjoy this break because I want to buckle down and hopefully try to ride out another year of consistent podcast episodes being released. And I did it for 13 months before. I did three episodes a week, two episodes a week. And here we are for season two. We're going to push forward with, I don't know. I don't know what the schedule is going to kind of look like. Well, I kind of do, I guess. And I'll get into it just a little bit. But holy smokes, how have you all been doing? I hope you've had a fantastic past few weeks, a past couple months. Hopefully you're having a good week and the weekend ahead is going to be awesome. The weather is starting to turn nicer. Last time I recorded, it was like 10, 20 degrees outside. I think as I sit here and record now, it's like 55, 6, 7 or so at not even 11 in the morning. So, oh my goodness, times have changed, let me tell you. And players in the NFL, a ton of them, have changed too. And We'll get into that in a little bit because what a terrible time. To go on a break. What a terrible time to take an interseason break. You know, I ended after the Super Bowl talking about that, and then I, you know, give you my exiting thoughts about the four major sports teams. And at the time, there was a lockout, but baseball's back. Football offseason has been wild. Celtics have caught fire, and the Bruins are playing extremely well themselves. So we have so much stuff to get into. And I guess I will kind of spill the beans on the upcoming schedule moving forward here. So, yes, obviously today being April 1st. And it's not an April Fool's joke. I told you all along I will be first episode of season two, April 1st. It's not an April Fool's joke. First episode, April 1st. Not a joke. And here we are. April 1st, I'm recording this episode for you guys, and it's not a joke. I did actually think about planning a joke I since, you know, The card shop patrons and the podcast listeners, some are different, some are the same. So, you know, you listen to both the podcast and you also come into the shop and you'll understand uh, my potential joke I was going to play. But you only listen to the podcast, which a bunch of people just do. Then I guess it doesn't really affect you because I was going to make a April Fool's video saying, oh, man. The shop has to close. You know, we ran into some financial difficulties. It's just, oh, man, it saddens me so much. Ah, April Fool's. Ah, I thought about doing that, but I was like, I don't really want to rub off the wrong message here. So I decided not to, but it's something to be chuckly about. So, yes, I came through and I promised. I came through and I promised that I was going to sit and record on April 1st. Here we are. Oh, it feels so good. It feels so good to be here. And I'm just turning up my mic so I can hear myself. 
and we have so much to talk about but let me go over the upcoming schedule first let me go over that first so today obviously episode number 132 episode one of season two however you want to call it however you want to call it then we're going to come back on monday and we're going to do episode number 133 so yes the the numbers are just rolling over i'm not doing you know season one uh i'm sorry season two episode one season two episode two it's just going to do the numerical order will just keep on going until we reach, I don't know, 1,776 episodes, Independence Day, shout out. But then after Monday, we're going to come back for Friday next week, April 8th, and we're going to record an episode then, episode number 134. And then from that Friday forward, there will be podcast episodes for Murph's Boston Sports Talk every Friday thereafter. So, yes, I am dropping Monday, except this pa- this coming Monday, because there's so much re-entry stuff to talk about, so much re-entry news that we need to discuss. I don't want to jam it all into one episode here today. I'd rather kind of extend it a little bit. There's so much to talk about in terms of football, the Patriots, the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, baseball in general. What is the uh, NBA playoffs going to look like? What are the uh, NHL players going to look like? I mean, what about the draft? We have to talk about the draft, too. So there is a lot of stuff on the agenda that we do need to talk about. So I don't want to jam it all into one episode today. And I feel like this is some stuff that we should be talking about fairly recently, hence why I want to kind of talk about it on Monday and not have to wait a whole nother week come Friday. Because I don't want the news to be kind of any more outdated than it may already be. Like, for instance, the stuff that we're going to be talking about today for football, uh, Aaron Rodgers extension, the Russell Wilson trade, Tyreek Hill trade, Deshaun Watson trade, like... Topics like that, I'm not going to go super in-depth on, but I will give my opinions about it and, you know, kind of my take. But I don't want to spend too much time on it because some of these headlines have happened uh, a month ago, a few weeks ago. So I just want to brush up upon those and just give you my thoughts about it and see where the episode goes. If we talk about more than I planned on today, we're still going to have Monday. (laughs) We're still going to have Monday's episode regardless. But here we are. I'm so excited. And I wrote up uh, just a couple talking points here, but I didn't get to finish it. So hopefully we can talk about everything that I have on this bulleted list here. And then on Monday, we can kind of, I can finish the bulleted list and then we can talk about those on Monday. But yes, oh, I cannot be any more excited than I am to be back in this chair. Well, I've always been in this chair, my office at the shop. But just being behind the mic recording an episode of Merce Boston Sports Talk for you guys. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for clicking on this video if you're listening to this on YouTube. Please make sure you like the video, comment down below, and subscribe to the channel if you're new or have not considered subscribing. If you're an audio-only listener, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on every platform that you listen to your podcast. Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, you name it. Murph's Boston Sports Talk is there. So without further ado, let me get a swig of water because hydration is key, especially when it's a one-man talking show. Mouth can get a little parched from time to time. So let's talk about the NFL news and how wild this offseason was. And before we dive into it real quick, can we just mention how all of these moves have been like massive 
impact moves. Like, yeah, there's been some signings out and about to the league that's like, eh, okay. Like, Jabril Peppers to the Patriots. Like, eh, okay. Okay. But how about, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay? Like, that's earth-shattering news because there was rumors of him wanting to retire, wanting to go out, get traded, go to Miami, go to San Francisco, go to Denver, wherever it may be. But nope, he stays. Uh, was it four years, $150 million? I forget what it is. Something like that, I think. All guaranteed. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that does keep the Packers in NFC contention. I don't know if they're a top-tier team anymore, especially without Devontae Adams. If they still had Adams, and they did when they re-signed Rodgers, or they extended Rodgers, I should say, they were probably the team to beat in the NFC at the time. And the Rodgers extension was like the first shoe to drop, really, which uh, was odd because I figured it would kind of come out late. But, you know, Rodgers won MVP, took some time, and then he made a decision like, hey, yeah, I, I want to stay, but I need some some cash. And he got he got it, trust me. He got the money. But, like I said, at the time, when they had Devontae Adams, they were probably the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, he had the Rams, but at the time, themselves, they didn't have Bobby Wagner. They didn't have Allen Robinson. Aaron Donald's future was kind of up in the air. They didn't re-sign Matthew Stafford. So it's like, what are the Rams going to look like in 2022? And that's why I thought the Packers were right up there. But then, I know I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit, the headlines and the order of operations that it happened. But then Devontae Adams gets traded to the Las Vegas Raiders in an absolutely, oh my goodness of a trade. I mean, Josh McDaniels, I heard on the radio one day, Josh McDaniels spent uh, 15 years, I don't know how long, call 15 years of game planning around not having a number one receiver. And he's in Las, Las Vegas for like not even a month and he goes out and trades for the best wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, arguably the best wide receiver, but I think, you know, his track record, his durability kind of helps prove that he is the best wide receiver at least right now based off the past couple seasons or so. Obviously, you can make the argument DeAndre Hopkins, then you have to look at a little health issue, Cooper Cup this past year, so that's why I'm going to say arguably, but if you told me he was the best wide receiver in the league, I'm not going to disagree and I'm not going to complain about it. So he goes to Las Vegas, and now Aaron Rodgers, who put uh, pen to paper, has all this money, but he has no wide receivers. Because Marquez Valdez-Scantlin signed with the Chiefs. I think they still have Alan Lazard. So he's just sitting with all this money. And the Packers have kind of fallen off the totem pole a little bit. Like, they're still in contention for the playoffs, don't get me wrong. And they'll probably still win the North, because I don't think the North is all that good. But, like, it just makes me think, like, I think Aaron Rodgers is just in it for the money at this point. Like, he has his one Super Bowl win all the way back in, what, 2010? Whatever it was, 2009, 2010? So it's like, like, are you, are you trying to win another one? Like, are you just sick of, you know, the, you know, back-to-back failures? So you just kind of want to cash out and that's it? Like, is that the plan here? And, like, I've been a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. I love his play style. I think he's a great quarterback. He can make a lot of plays. Uh, a lot of hard plays look simple and easy. A lot of throws that should be hard and not made. That he makes them. Great regular season quarterback, but come playoffs, it's true. He's kind of chokes. He's a bum in the playoffs. 
Now, is that uh, a knock on him, the team, Mike McCarthy when he was there? Is it a knock on Matt LaFleur? I don't know, and I don't really care. But what are the are the backers going to try to slowly rebuild through the draft? Maybe draft someone at 20-whatever-they-have? Probably. Because they need somebody. They need someone to throw the ball to. And they need to find a way to keep Rodgers happy because that contract is fully guaranteed. And if he shoots him, himself out of Green Bay, which he probably could do, easily could do, and he almost did, then he's still going to get all that money from the Packers. But that is my take on that whole Aaron Rodgers situation and kind of, you know, via the Devontae Adams. I'll kind of circle back to it in a little bit. But let's talk about the Russell Wilson trade here. So the first quarterback to get traded and... Again, probably the second shoe to drop was Russell Wilson getting traded from Seattle to the Denver Broncos in an absolute blockbuster deal where the uh, Seahawks got a ton of picks. They got Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, a nose tackle, and Noah Fant. Big blow to the offense trading away Noah Fant. But hey, you get Russell Wilson, who's like 32, says he wants to play another 10, 12 years, win three, four more Super Bowls, all with the Broncos, everything you want to hear. So it's like, yeah, absolutely, we'll trade away our first-round pick. We'll trade our, our second-round pick and, you know, Noah Fant, sure. We'll do all that because they still have Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler, oh, and Jerry Judy. <laughs> this team's going to be good. I'm telling you, like, as long as their defense can make that leap from last year because they were pretty solid last year to this year, that defense is going to be very, very good. And that offense is going to be even better. Like, I think the Broncos are a sleeper team in that AFC West. AFC West is absolutely loaded. You have the Chiefs, who obviously trade Tyreek Hill. I'm actually going to talk about him in a second. I mean, they're still pretty good. You have the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson now. You have the L.A. Chargers with a up-and-coming Justin Herbert. That team just re-signed Mike Williams. They still have Keenan Allen. I mean, they look like a force to be reckoned with, hopefully. And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders, who made the playoffs. But before the Devontae Adams trade, probably had them at the bottom of the AFC West. Now they traded for Devontae Adams. They signed Chandler Jones from the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, it's like, who, who looks like the worst team in that division? I mean, they all look like a 10-win team. They all do. And I, I made a bold prediction at the shop. I made a bold prediction yesterday, last night. It was like the first time I did it. And I said the Chiefs won't win the AFC West. And is that bold? I mean, look at who their quarterback is. I'm going to say that it kind of is bold in when you're looking at who their quarterback is. But like I said, no Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they signed Juju. Yeah, they signed MVS. But that defense is still a shit show. That defense, I mean, hasn't re-signed Tyron Matthew. They haven't made any big moves besides trading Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they got a ton of picks. Yes, that's fantastic. They got a ton of draft capital to maneuver the board and maybe use those picks to trade for somebody else, which is all jolly and dandy. But when you see the Denver Broncos going out and trading for Russell Wilson, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and someone who is very good and can utilize four really good receivers, that's going to be tough to overcome, especially when you have to play that team twice a year. And then you look at the Chargers, the up-and-coming Herbert, and the, you know, the oh, I forgot to even mention Austin Eckler. I, I said Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I forgot, totally forgot about Austin Eckler. 
So you got those Chargers, and then you got the the Raiders, who sneaky, sneaky could be the best team in that division. Like, I'm not gonna go and actually say it, but like, you could convince me. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Chandler Jones. Like, I mean, studs. That team is full of studs. So, that AFC West has shaken up a tremendous amount. Yeah, the Broncos looked good last year. The Raiders made the playoffs. They looked good. The Chargers were on the brink. They looked good last year. And then, obviously, the the Chiefs sucked to start, great to finish, fell short in the AFC title game. But, I mean, it's not a shoe-in anymore to, for them to win the division. Like, obviously, I would assume the odds are probably in their favor to still win. But at, I can't say that they will. I, I can't bet that Vegas will p- pick them to win. Like, whatever the odds are, I I don't want to take it, to be honest. I'd rather take the odds for, like, the the Raiders or the Broncos to win. Because I, I've said this so many times. You cannot pay a quarterback $40, 50000000 dollars, a tight end $20 million, a wide receiver another $20 million, in a nose tackle, $20 million, and expect to have total team success. And that's what the Chiefs did. They paid Patrick Mahomes. They paid Tyreek Hill. They paid Travis Kelsey and Chris Some guy blaring his horn outside. Shut up. Thank you. You can't pay four guys all that kind of money and expect to fill holes on your offensive line, your secondary, your linebacking crew, have some depth at wide receiver. It just it doesn't work like that. And now they had to go trade their best wide receiver, arguably their best target, in Tyreek Hill. Because it does not work. And I think the Chiefs are going to learn the hard way this year. Like, will Patrick Mahomes regress? Well, he regressed last year compared to the year before. Will he regress even further? Without Tyreek Hill? Possibly. And this is my thing about Tyreek Hill is, I guess we're kind of jumping ship to the, the Chiefs. I guess I'm done talking about Russell Wilson. Tyreek Hill was an all-pro special team returner with Alex Smith. Now Tyreek Hill had Patrick Mahomes for the past handful of seasons. Is Tyreek Hill a product of Patrick Mahomes? Or is Patrick Mahomes a product of Tyreek Hill? Because Travis Kelsey had Alex Smith for a little bit too, and he's performed very good, but he's really taken off with Patrick Mahomes. And there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. And I don't think any of those guys made Patrick Mahomes. I personally believe that he made them. Travis Kelsey, again, probably a a top five tight end before Patrick Mahomes. Now he's a top two, arguably not two. I mean, it's... Patrick Mahomes' skills and ability to roll out of the pocket, extend plays for another two, three, four, five seconds to find, you know, the speedy Tyree Kill just running across the field because the secondary can't keep up and defend for seven seconds. And I think those broken plays is what's really able to make Tyree Kill thrive. And yeah, you could even argue made uh, Travis Kelsey thrive as well. You could even argue that it helped made Patrick Mahomes thrive. Sure. But... Mahomes, it starts with Mahomes' ability to roll out, move up in the pocket, escape the pocket, and extend the play, like I said, two, three, four, five seconds, because the secondary and the defense cannot guard 
receivers for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds. Look at the Patriots in the playoffs against the Bills this year. Josh Allen had six, seven, eight, nine seconds to throw the ball. And after time, no matter if you're in a man or zone, after after that amount of time, he's gonna find somebody because broken plays, receivers just kind of run around, you know, little hand signals, you know, a couple winks here and there, and you're on the same page. And then the quarterback's able to find the open receiver. It's very difficult for defenses to defend. And I really do believe that helped Mahomes, that helped Kelsey, that helped Hill. But it's uh, it's sorry, it's Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. And you could say, you know, Tyreek Hill's ability to get open, Travis Kelsey's ability to get open on those broken plays, sure. Absolutely. But you could have any fast guy get open. I mean, I think any tight end could get open after eight seconds on a broken play from snap to throw. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Chiefs look like without Tyree Kill being able to take the top off on the defense, to not have to focus, to have two guys defend Tyree Kill so they don't get torched over the top. And it's going to be interesting to see what Tua, you know, Tua Tunga Viola looks like in Miami with Tyree Kill. Again, it circles back to my original question. Is Tyreek Hill a product of Patrick Mahomes? And if Tyreek Hill can put up 1,000-plus yards, 7, 8 touchdowns, I don't know, 80 receptions, then I guess the answer is no. But if Tua looks like a bum with supposedly the best wide receiver in the league, you still have Devontae Parker, you still, well, I think he's still a free agent technically. But you still have Jalen Waddle, Mike Jasicki. It's going to be interesting to see what Tua looks like with the weapons he has because, you know, his rookie year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, injury prone, didn't have the weapons. Year two looked a little bit better, but, you know, a lot of Dolphin fans are still not sold. They think he sucks. Well, year three, you got tons of weapons. You have a new head coach, offensive coordinator, head coach. Well, offensive coordinator who then became their head coach, I should say. So there's not going to be a lot of excuses for Tua, you know, during the season if he doesn't perform. Maybe it's a Tua thing. Could be. We'll see. I mean, that's just, you know, one of the beauties of this wild offseason is there's so many questions. What's Rodgers going to look like with Devontae Ad- without Devontae Adams? What's Russell Wilson going to look like with four really good wide receivers? What's Tyreek Hill going to look like without Patrick Mahomes? And with Tua, what's Tua going to look like with Tyreek Hill? So much, so much to... What if? What if? How? It's just these headlines in the wild offseason that we've had really generates topics, talking points, headlines, and discussions itself. And how about this one? Deshaun Watson getting traded from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns. I think probably the last place people thought he would go was Cleveland. I mean, I sure didn't think he was going to go to Cleveland. I figured Miami... I figured he would stay in Houston, but I don't think he would have played if he stayed. Where else could he have gone? He could have gone to Denver, sure. If uh, Aaron Rodgers shot himself out, he could have went to Green Bay. There was rumors he could have went to Seattle after Wilson got traded. And the funny thing is, is there was like, you know, some heavy rumors like, oh, the, the Browns and the Texans are closing in on a deal to trade for Deshaun Watson. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield comes out saying like, oh, I love the Cle- uh, city of Cleveland. Thank you so much. You've accepted me, my family and I. 
da 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 And then the day after that, he's like, I want to trade. And then the Cleveland Browns said no. And then they go out and trade for Deshaun Watson. So, here's my thing. Here's my thing now. That by trading for Deshaun Watson first, you now have no leverage to trade Baker Mayfield. Because teams say, uh, let's call Seattle. Let's call it Seattle. Seattle is going to see that you have Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. So why am I going to give up a, a first, a second, third round pick for a guy when you already have another guy? Like they lost all their leverage because now I see, or you know, these teams will see like, oh, you already have another guy. So I'm not going to offer you as much because you're not desperate. You're not like fully rebuilding or whatever it may be. If they traded Baker Mayfield first, now obviously easier said than done. Absolutely. If they traded Baker Mayfield first, who said that Seahawks team, then they could have probably got high value because the team would have been teams would have seen like, oh, they're gonna suck next year. Okay. Well, you know, we see you're rebuilding. Here's third round pick. They get the third round pick. And then what they could have done is either use the assets they got for Baker Mayfield or their own assets and gone out and got Deshaun Watson then. Because, like, I'm not, like, as a team, say, again, say I'm the Seahawks, I'm not going to give you a first, second, or third round pick when you already have a quarterback in Deshaun Watson. I think we can all agree that Deshaun Watson's better than Baker Mayfield. So let's just presume he's the starter, right? Say they both go into camp the same team, Deshaun Watson's the starter. We all know that. But I'm not going to overpay for a guy that you're just trying to get rid of to replace with another guy you already got. I'm not going to get in a bidding war with myself because you now have to move Baker Mayfield. Beforehand, if you traded Baker before you traded for Deshaun Watson, you did not have to trade Baker. But now with Watson, you have to trade Baker. So I'm only going to offer you a six-round pick. Because I'm not going to get in a bidding war with myself. I'm not going to outbid myself. It sucks for you that you traded for Deshaun Watson first, lost all your leverage in negotiations because, again, teams would see that you're hitting the total reset button, getting rid of Baker, just going to start over with maybe a quarterback in the draft or try to go out and sign like a Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota when they were available. So that's just kind of my take on it. And I guess that transitions me into where's Baker going to play next year? Where is Baker Mayfield going to play? Falcons signed uh, Marcus Mariota. The Saints re-signed Jameis Winston. The Seahawks, they uh, traded for Drew Locke when they traded Wilson away. So yeah, you could go there. Carolina Panthers, I believe, still has a uh, job available. Uh, Who who else? Uh, The 49ers haven't committed to Trey Lance yet. They haven't committed to Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Um... Uh, the the Vikings, I believe, committed to Kirk Cousins. I could be mistaken about that. Uh, let's see. The Texans, I'm assuming, with them trading to Sean Watson, they're going to go with Davis Mills. Pittsburgh signed Mitchell Trubisky. Ravens got Lamar. Steelers, yeah, they have Trubisky. Um, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. 
I mean, a lot of these quarterback jobs are getting. Oh, the 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 Washington Commanders traded for Carson Wentz. So Colts, I guess the Colts are still available, but they have Sam Ellinger, who they drafted last year. I don't know where he's going to go. It's going to be very, very interesting to see where Baker Mayfield goes. Is he even going to get a starting job next year? I mean, there's tons of backup jobs available. Could that be what's left for him, is to be a backup? Now I guess the question is, is he even good to be a backup? Because good to be a starter, yeah. I mean, he's shown the ability to get you to the playoffs, to win a game. He's shown you the ability to take a poverty team in the Browns and you know help rebuild them. So like him on the Seahawks wouldn't be a terrible idea. No expectations to win. But if he can't land a starting job, should he be a backup quarterback? I mean, I would take any job I can get, right? But I I, I don't know. I mean, this offseason's been crazy. I would think that there's a backup job because I do think he's one of the best 40 quarterbacks. I know there's 32 teams, but just call it 40 quarterbacks in the league. Maybe on the lower half of that spectrum, maybe like 25 to 35, I'd like to think. Um, with the potential and the ability to be a top 10 quarterback. I mean, that's the kind of player that he is, but who knows? That's going to be something that we're going to have to wait and talk about when that actually happens and when that news drops. The Devontae Adams trade we already talked about. Uh, we're going to Chandler Jones we already talked about. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson signing with the Rams. They re-signed or they extended Matthew Stafford. They're in talks with Aaron Donald, who had rumors of retiring himself. So the Rams, they're reloading. They didn't uh, re-sign Von Miller. He went to Buffalo. But they brought in Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner. The Rams also traded Robert Woods. So the Rams are making some moves. They're looking to defend uh, their title from this past year. Buccaneers, year before, brought everybody back. Not a bad move, especially when you're the uh, the best team in the league, clearly by winning. But every other team got better, including the Rams, and they ultimately lost because of that. Rams here, they're not going with that approach. They're looking at the approach of, hey, we won, we're the best team, but let's get better. But let's go and get better. And that's exactly what they're doing. So there's really not much to talk about, I guess, about the Rams signing all these guys. I mean, I think it's a clear cut that the Rams are the best team in the division. Seahawks, massive peg down. Cardinals, who knows? They lost, They didn't re-sign Christian Kirk. They lost Chandler Jones. So it's ah, wild card team still potentially, yeah. Division, no. And then you have the 49ers again. Great team. Very, very good team. But what's their quarterback situation? If Trey Lance is the guy moving forward, what is that offense going to look like? Jimmy G, I guess, is another one that we need to talk about. If he's not with the 49ers, then where is he going to go? Where is he going to start and play? Or does he even have a, a starting quarterback job still? Who knows? I don't. 
it's just so many dominoes that need to fall with the quarterback market. And, oh, plus we have the draft coming up, too, with three potential first-round quarterbacks, which, in all honesty, I don't think any of them should be first-round quarterbacks. That's just my opinion. But greedy teams are going to sell the future to go out and grab them. Hey, if they want to do that, that's fine. That is fine. But there's one particular topic that I want to talk about and maybe spend a few moments on as it will kind of migrate into a separate topic. And that's the Chargers signing cornerback J.C. Jackson. Now, I don't have a problem with them going out spending money and getting the top available cornerback on the market. I ain't got no problem with that. But for the contract that he signed, the Patriots couldn't even offer him anything? Anything at all? Like, it's just so frustrating because I believe the franchise tag was around 16 17 or so million dollars. Maybe closer to 18 So call it 16 to $18 million. And they didn't want to extend that to him. So he goes out and signs with the Chargers for like four or five years. Uh, $16 million a pop average. You couldn't have offered him that? You could not have offered him that contract? You had Malcolm Butler. You didn't bring him back. LOL until this year. But just go with me here. When he was a free agent, you didn't bring him back. Yeah, you still had Gilmore. Sure. I'll give you that one. But whatever. You didn't bring back Malcolm Butler. You then traded away, or you were about to release, but then you traded away Stephon Gilmore because you didn't want to pay him an extra, extra bonus, which I kind of was in agreement with to a, to a degree. And now you're not bringing back J.C. Jackson. You've had, at one point, three of the top five cornerbacks in the league the past eight years. Uh, no, eight years is stretching it. Past six years that you let walk out the door. Like, I think you got a seventh-round pick from the Panthers for Stephon Gilmore, a sixth-round pick or whatever it may be from the Panthers. Whip-de-doo. So it's just frustrating because you go out and spend all this money last year, which, okay, I get it. You're trying to buy yourself back into contention, and you kind of did, but that formula doesn't really work, and we talked about that episodes ago, almost a year now, probably a year at this point. But you couldn't have brought back any of your, you know, your homegrown talent, Malcolm Butler, J.C. Jackson. Like, I understand Stephon Gilmore wasn't homegrown, but, oh, my goodness. Like Chandler Jones, years ago, you traded away because you didn't want to pay him. Jamie Collins, years ago, you traded away because you didn't want to pay him. You traded away Malcolm Butler. Uh, you let him go, Malcolm Butler. You let go J.C. Jackson because you didn't want to pay him. Sante Samuel because you didn't want to pay him. Just why? <laughs> oh, Trey Flowers, you let him walk. I was trying to think. There's one more I couldn't think of. Trey Flowers, you let walk because you didn't want to pay him. Like, I guess Kyle Van Noy, uh, after the Super Bowl win or the year after that, you let him walk. He lives in Miami, signs a big contract. Yeah, he came back, but you let him originally walk. It's just not that all those guys are homegrown talent. Chandler Jones. Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, Malcolm Butler, J.C. Jackson, all homegrown guys, and you let them walk away for virtually nothing. Chandler Jones, you got a second-round pick for, sure, but what did you use and turn that into? Absolutely freaking nothing. 
Cyrus Jones, who got cut the year after. Oh, my God. No, I think they used to tackle with that pick. I don't even remember. I don't remember. So it's just frustrating that Patriots may be up against the cap this year, hence why they had to trade Shaq Mason for a fifth-round pick. Like, you couldn't have got anything better. Like, I understand, like, guards a little less uh, value position, but you don't have Ted Karras yet. You have Michael on Wayne sure. But then you go and bring back Trent Brown, important position. I get it. Okay, fine. It's just some of those moves that the that Bill is making is so, so questionable. Not making a splash in free agency. Like, I kind of, over time I understood that because, you know, you spent a lot last year. You have the draft coming up. Okay, fine. Fine. But if Bill Belichick and the Patriots have a bad season this year or they regress from last year, it is not going to look good. And I've said it countless times again. Bill, the GM, sucks. He needs to get fired, I think. Okay, Bill, the coach, I still think he's a great coach. I still think he's a very good coach, and he has a lot left in the tank as a coach. But the Bill, the GM, I think is just, he doesn't have it anymore. Other teams have caught up to him. He can't get, you know, top-tier talent. He can't bring in Bobby Wagner for a one-year $10 million contract. He can't do that anymore. When you had Tom Brady, you could. You could bring in the Brandon Lloyds and the Chad Ochocinco's. You could bring in the Darrell Rivas's of the world. You could bring in Akeem Hicks. Sure, sure, sure. Not anymore. You can't do that anymore because you don't have Tom Brady. I'm not even going to lie. In the uh, the uh, the TV 12 documentary, uh, The Man in the Arena, there we go. Man in the Arena, Randy Moss said that he wanted to go play with Tom Brady. And that's how the Patriots got him. Yeah, Bill was like, oh, I'm thinking about uh, bringing in Randy Moss. What do you think? And of course he said yes. But if, like, obviously, you know, there was no trade clauses at the time. But if, if Randy Moss didn't want to come to New England or if Tom Brady w- wasn't here, he wouldn't have given you 23 touchdowns in one year? Absolutely not. <sighs> Tom Brady was able to bring in big guys, big free agent guys, I think. And I think we all can say that. People wanted to come to New England to play with Tom Brady and to put themselves in the best position possible to win a Super Bowl. That was with Tom Brady. Now without Tom Brady, Bill can't just go out and get anybody in to quote-unquote go on a Super Bowl run. You can't do that. If you had Tom Brady, you probably could have brought in Allen Robinson for two years. Uh, I'm trying to think what he got with the Rams. $25 million contract, $30 million contract, sure. Bobby Wagner, probably the same thing. No, you can't do it anymore. You don't have the firepower and the capability to do it. Last offseason, you were able to bring in my, uh, Matthew Judon, Jalen Mills, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and I'm sure there's uh, some other people I'm forgetting. But you bought those guys. You gave them the top-of-the-market kind of a contract. Oh, Kendrick Bourne. That's how they were able to come here because, hey, I'm getting X amount of million of dollars from the Patriots, but, you know, this other team's only offering me Y, and it's like $5 million less. I'm going to go play for the Patriots because they're offering me the most money. That's how you were able to bring in all these guys last year. You didn't get any of those guys last year on a team-friendly deal. Looking back at the production you got from Kendrick Bourne 
and paying only six million maybe I think for him, that looks like a bargain. Yes, but at the time, I think Kendrick Bourne was uh, not worth six million dollars or just about worth six million dollars. Nelson Aguilar, would you pay twelve a year, twelve and a half million a year for him? Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, roughly the same. Matthew Judon, top of the market. So it's like you bought those guys. That's how they came in here. They didn't come to New England to play for Bill Belichick. Could that be appealing? Absolutely, sure. But you're starting to hear little ruffles coming out saying Bill is a, a dickhead of a coach. He sucks as a coach. Oh, he sucks to play for, I should say, and that it's miserable. Meanwhile, in Seattle with Pete Carroll, it's all fun and games. Music is going, da-da-da-da-da. Times have changed in New England, and Bill Belichick needs to adapt to that. He absolutely needs to. And I'm not saying go out and buy the whole free agent market again this year. No. But give us something to get excited about. Make a move or two. And I alluded to it earlier, but they brought back Malcolm Butler. Fantastic. He's uh, 29, 30, 31 years old, so he's out of his prime. He's nowhere near the guy that he was with New England or maybe like his early years in Tennessee. He didn't play last year. He, uh, like, quote-unquote, he was on the retired list, but he, like, took a like a leave of absence kind of, kind of what Calvin Ridley did this past year, you know, due to mental illness, uh, mental health. But I don't think that's what Butler was doing. He, anyway, yeah, no, he did it for family reasons. He did it for family reasons. So not the same, but kind of the same. And he brought in Jabril Peppers, who I talked about before too. Whip-de-doo. I mean, Jabril Peppers might be a nice little acquisition. He's coming off of injury. But I'm not excited. I'm not that excited. And I don't think you should be too. Yeah, you got in uh, Alex Mack, I believe, uh, the linebacker from Cleveland. You traded Chase Winovich. Okay, cool. Bringing in a couple nice pieces. You brought back Jawan Bentley. You brought back Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater. Okay, okay. I see what we're trying to do. But you're still missing that top-tier cornerback. And funny enough, Stephon Gilmore is still out there. You could possibly go sign him if he even wants to come back. So it's like, uh, okay, the front se- uh, the front seven is starting to look solid, okay? I don't think it's good. It's starting to look solid. You, know, you could use another linebacker and probably another edge rusher. But your cornerbacks, right now you have Jonathan Jones in the slot. You have Jalen Mills. And who? <laughs> Who's the other corner? Oh, Malcolm Butler. Duh. And Malcolm Butler. You have Jabril Peppers, Kyle Duggar, and Devin McCourty as your safeties. Okay. That's not good enough. That's not going to stop the the Broncos with Russell Wilson and their four uh, wide receivers. That's not going to stop the the Buffalo Bills. That's not going to stop probably the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. And if Tua can get uh, them the ball, that's not going to stop the Dolphins. It's very stressful right now being a Patriots fan because you see all these teams making moves. Meanwhile, the Patriots are just kind of sitting back and waiting for all the dominoes to fall. They didn't bring any fire talent to help Mac Jones. Could you look at OBJ still out there? Sure. He's coming off a knee injury. What is he going to be like? Who knows? But that kind of talent could significantly help Mac Jones. Could you be waiting for the draft? Sure. But if you wait for the draft, are you going to help vault yourself to be a playoff team? Because right now, if the season, if the roster stay the same, excluding the draft, 
season was to end today, Patriots aren't a playoff team. They're they're not. I'm sorry. You have I don't even know who would come out of the the North. Probably the Bengals. Uh, the South. I couldn't even tell you because it's just a mess down there. Colts maybe. Uh, oh no, uh, the Titans. Titans. You had the Bills. You will have the Broncos. Probably the Raiders. The Chiefs. That's six. Uh, Dolphins maybe. Uh, Raiders maybe. Ra- uh, Raiders. Ravens. Maybe the Colts. There's just, I then you like I mean you're probably around the seventh to tenth best team in the conference at best. So like Mac Jones had a fantastic rookie season, put up great numbers with essentially nobody. Let's be honest. Kendrick Bourne had a nice season. Jacoby Myers had a nice season. Hunter Henry had a nice season. Yes, yes, yes. James White's coming back. That's fantastic. Hopefully they can find a way to utilize Jonu Smith a little bit better. Okay, I'm on board. Could you get a receiver in the draft? Yes. Could you get one of those Alabama guys that he used to throw to? Jamison Williams, John Mechie. Okay, I can sign up for that. I would actually really, really like that, and I'll talk about that more as we get closer to the draft. But is that going to be enough? And I don't think it is because the AFC is locked and loaded. All of these quarterbacks in the AFC have weapons to throw to. Just about all of them have weapons to throw to. Tua, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson, uh, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, like, I mean, uh, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Matt Ryan, okay, Michael Pittman, yeah, yeah, okay, I get that. Uh, Lamar Jackson has Hollywood Brown. You have, in Tennessee, you have Ah, uh, what's his name? Uh, AJ Brown. I know he can. Oh, and Robert Woods, Davis Mills. I mean, Brandon Cooks was down there. Is he going to come back? Who knows? But they could bring him back. And hey, Brandon Cooks is probably the best receiver. Would be the best receiver on your team if he was here in New England. Ironically, again. Uh, okay, Trevor Lawrence, maybe not so much. Oh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, duh. All these guys. And what? Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. Hunter Henry, like that doesn't get me excited. Okay, Matt Ryan and, and Michael Pittman doesn't get me excited either. But still. But still. It's, and I'm like I said, Allen Robinson would have been nice. I think OBJ would have been a nice fit because you have the talent and the potential and the skill set to be a great wide receiver still in this league. And I think that's what Mac Jones needs. I think that's what he needs is someone who can be a number one, who can get open, who can make plays in the open field, who has the skill set to be a top five guy. And I'm a proponent of that. And I've said that countless times. OBJ still has the skills, the talent, and the potential to be a top five wide receiver. And that's what Mac Jones needs. He doesn't need a top five receiver. He needs someone who has the skills, the footwork, the flash, the ability to go up and get it, make plays in the open field. That's what he needs is someone like that. Could you find that in the draft? Sure. Yes. But us Patriot fans, we want to win now. And the way that the team is constructed right now, you're not winning jack squat. Because honestly, you look like and you probably are the third best team in the division behind the Bills and the Dolphins. That's just a fact. And you could probably project the Jets to get better this year because they have the fourth overall and the tenth overall pick, I believe, in the draft. Plus you have Zach Wilson coming 
uh, back from a rookie season, going into year two himself, just like Mac Jones. And you could probably expect them to make some some progress there in New York. They got a good coach in Bob Sala. Things are starting to look a little bright for the Jets in New York, or New Jersey, I should say. And meanwhile, Patriots are just running in place. So it's very early to jump down the Patriots' throat, but looking at the Rams and all the moves they made, looking at the Raiders and the moves they made, Dolphins obviously bringing in a great weapon, the Broncos getting a massive upgrade at quarterback, the AFC is significantly better than the NFC. And the Patriots play in the AFC. It is going to be very, very difficult for the Patriots to have success in the conference, let alone their division. And I'm, I'm very worried about that. I am very, very worried about that. And to stay with football, I guess this episode is going to be full of football. It's the offseason, but we're still talking football. I know I've talked about a ton of NFL topics and headlines from the wild offseason. I just talked about the Patriots immensely, but I do also want to talk about Tom Brady and his retiring, which I addressed before the end of Season 1. And between then and the start of Season 2, he's come out of retirement. <laughs> Welcome back to the league. I remember I was sitting here. I made a, a so, such a sad, depressing video. Oh, my favorite player is retired from the league. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he comes back. I could not be. I'm so overjoyed that he's back. I really am. But there are questions to follow. What does this mean for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, we've already seen Bruce Arians uh, go from a head coach to a front office position. Todd Bowles is now the head coach in Tampa Bay. So Tom Brady's return has brought a new head coach. Okay. Still no Gronk yet. Chris Godwin they brought back. Mike Evans they still have. Uh, Ronald Jones is gone. They re-signed Leonard Fournette. So the team is looking decently. They got Shaq Mason. The team is looking better. I don't want to say better. But they're, retool, they're retooling and they're regrouping. Because I think the Buccaneers are still a top three team in the NFC. Based off of Russell Wilson now gone. Matt Ryan's now gone. Drew Brees obviously has been gone. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably not going to be a quarterback for the 49ers, so you could probably expect them to regress a little bit. Panthers don't have a quarterback, so now I'm trying to look at the division and opponents they had. Cowboys don't have Amari Cooper anymore. So, yeah, I'd probably say uh, probably a top three team in the NFC. I couldn't tell you who the other two are. Uh, do we even put the Packers in there? I don't, I don't know. Uh, obviously the Rams, that's a, that's a given one. Uh, the NFC, the Cowboys, I guess. Oh, man, that's actually kind of tough. I'd probably say no order, uh, maybe order. Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, Packers. If I had to do a top four, I guess, right now. But anyways, so Tampa Bay retooling, regrouping, looking to not hit a hard reset, but like I said, retool, regroup for 2022 with Brady now back. That puts them back into contention for the division, for a deep playoff run for the conference, and of course the Super Bowl, which if they did not have Tom Brady, you could scratch all of that off. Maybe the division, maybe, depending on who that quarterback would have been if they went with Kyle Trask or if they brought in a veteran to bridge the gap because they still have a ton of good players on that team. But Tom Brady just significantly makes you so much better. You look at what the Patriots had in 2019 with Brady. 
to what they had in 2020 with Cam Newton. You saw what the Buccaneers had in 2019 with whoever, uh, Jameis Winston, and then you see them in 2020 with Tom Brady. It's just night and day. It's just absolutely night and day. But even with Tom Brady now back, it does not guarantee that he will be their starting quarterback come week one because there's still rumors that he was going to go to Miami, and he still may, I guess. I mean, I think Tua's down, Tua, I think, will be the quarterback down there. I understand Tom Brady's building a house down in Miami, so I kind of get it. Miami's not that far from Tampa Bay, but obviously you're not going to commute to from Miami to Tampa Bay every day, but it's like a nice little off-season house and nice warm weather. Obviously, if you know Tom Brady wanted out of Tampa Bay so badly, he's not leaving because of weather, like you know in New England where it was trash weather nine months out of the year. But there's rumors he could go to San Francisco, his childhood home. I, there was like small rumors he, he could go to um, uh, Denver, I think it was. No. There was rumors he would go, go to, um, uh, what was the other team? Carolina? No. New Orleans? No. It's either Buccaneers or the 49ers, I think. I, I just don't think the Dolphins would sell the future to bring in Tom Brady for one year, maybe. What else do they have to trade? They just traded a bunch of draft picks for Tyreek Hill. It just doesn't make sense. And Tom Brady would actually be a good foot in San Francisco. Maybe Trey Lance isn't ready yet. Let Trey Lance learn from Tom Brady for one year. You already have a really good roster set in stone in place in San Francisco. You're a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender, uh, or a Super Bowl team, as we saw last year. And you're also, again, a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender this year coming up in 2022. So Brady to San Francisco makes way more sense than Brady to Miami. Way more sense. Childhood homes, uh, San Francisco, childhood home, uh, you know, Northern California, 49ers, his childhood team. They're a quarterback away because they already have a great foundational roster. Then you have Trey Lance who, hey, let this kid, our future for the next 10, 15 years, learn from Tom Brady. Like Jimmy G, poor man's Tom Brady, but let him learn from the actual master, the GOAT. Makes a lot of sense. Plus they have, uh, I don't know what their draft capital looks like this year because they traded up last year to the number three spot to draft Trey Lance. So I don't know how much draft capital that they have. I would assume more than the Dolphins, but that's besides the point. But Tampa Bay, I mean, you already have a great foundation there. You already hit the reset button, and you had to you know, restart everything when you went from New England to Tampa Bay. And I don't think a 45-year-old quarterback is going to want to do that again. I just don't. You already have, I would assume, a home in Tampa Bay. You already have uh, flow and chemistry and some great weapons there. I just It makes no sense. Just ride it out one more year in Tampa Bay, great weather. Great receivers. You could probably bring Gronk back, potentially. Makes a little too much sense for me for him to not go to Tampa Bay, especially with Bruce Arians now not the head coach. If there was any friction, Brady says, Bruce Arians says there's no friction between each other. But, hey, you just never know. You just never, never know. So that is everything that I wanted to talk about here in the opening episode of Season 2 for Murph's Boston Sports Talk. It is so exciting and humbling, and I'm so appreciative and thankful to still be behind this microphone talking sports with you guys, to you guys, and indulging in conversations, discussions, and debates 
it's just so fun. I absolutely love it, and I wouldn't trade it in for anything. The past six weeks, like I've said, very relaxing, very nice. But I do feel like home here behind the mic talking about, well, clearly just today was just football, but sports in general. As next episode on Monday, we will talk more about, actually, we will talk about the Celtics, the Bruins, and the Red Sox. And if there's any NFL news, major NFL news that has popped up between the end of this recording, before I start recording on Monday, then we'll obviously address it because that's what we do. We talk about major sports headlines here on this podcast. I'm very excited. And if you're new to the uh, new to the podcast, thank you so much for joining. I'm glad you were able to run across the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I cannot wait to talk more about. I hear a dog barking. Is there a dog outside? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Where's where my train of thought? Uh, I cannot wait to talk more about sports. I can't wait to actually indulge into Boston sports more next episode, like I said, with the Bruins, Celtics, and Red Sox, as today was very NFL and Patriots heavy. And all due respect, there was just so much that happened, and we absolutely had to talk about all of or most of the headlines that happened over the past six or so weeks. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. Again, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying, and I cannot wait to enjoy Season 2 with all you folks. If you're an audio-only listener, again, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. You can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on all audio-only platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, you name it, it's there. And if you listen to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on this video. Thank you so much for watching today's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please make sure you smash the thumbs up button comment down below any thoughts questions comments concerns anything you want to debate or discuss about that we mentioned here in today's episode and also please hit that giant red subscribe button as i greatly appreciate that you can find me on social media at murph's card town you can find me on twitter facebook and instagram at murph's card town again that is going to do it i hope you have a fantastic weekend enjoy the nice spring weather that we're having And I will catch you in the next one for episode number 133. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you.